welcome to Uncut Jewels, a podcast featuring some of my favorite musicians and the great work of their lives, changing the world one song at a time. I'm your host, Kristen Jewell, and I'm excited to share my crazy world with you. So let's get to it. Come on in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Uncut Jewels. This is going to be a Friends of Jewel Concepts episode, which I'm contemplating renaming Shine a Light because <laughs> I feel like that's what this is going to be doing is shining a light on the great work that people are doing that are friends of ours. Next week, we're going to have Latasha on with us. Uh, she's an artist that we've been working with for Sugaroo, and we're really excited to have her on. She's got a really interesting story and great music and lots of sync opportunities that have been coming out lately. So uh, very excited to have that. Today on the show, we're going to have Lauren Monroe, who I absolutely love. Ah! Hi, Welcome. <laughs> Lauren Monroe is a singer-songwriter. My gosh, what aren't you? A healer, a teacher, an artivist, an activist, all the beautiful things that make this world go round. And we're so grateful that you took the time out of your schedule to join us today. I know it's crazy. It's my pleasure. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? It gives me yeah? a to talk to you, which we never get a chance yeah. to do. So. I know. I know. I was looking through our emails and I think we met in like 2017, something like that, 2018, something. Cause I, well, no, it had to have been 2017. It had to have been because 2018, you sent me what was the, the demos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it went very fast. So yeah, it feels like it's like that. Yeah. How have you been doing? I know you just did Runway of Dreams last night, the New York Fashion Week. That was And great. I know you just, yeah, and you just released your EP, Big Love, which we love. We released uh, Big Love EP in July. And last night was a Runway of Dreams event for New York Fashion Week. It was, it was such an inspirational, emotional event um, that really yeah. highlighted the the lack of um, love uh, around adaptive clothing for people who um, have disabilities and who want to empower themselves not only with fashion and the way they look but also you know it's you know having a, a partner my my husband mm. who um, and we don't even call it a disability because he's he he's very able bodied in many ways and um, but you know little things oh. that we take for granted. Yeah, well, let's say because not everybody knows, but so her, so Lauren's married to an incredible and a phenomenally inspirational person that I, I adore, uh, Rick Allen from Def Leppard. He's the drummer from Def Leppard. Just so everyone knows. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, he's missing an arm. He lost his arm in a car accident back when he was mm. in his early twenties. And throughout the time period that I've known him, which is twenty years, we've been together. Uh, I. Um, we haven't found any adaptive clothing. We didn't even know the name of the adaptive clothing. Mm. But now uh, right. uh, Tommy Hilfiger, along with other brands like Target and Stride Right and Kohl's, they're, they're creating lines that are easy for people, say, with one limb or in a wheelchair, can put on mm. without asking for Great. help. And that's just a huge piece. And they look beautiful. So yeah. In promoting that event, and it was very emotional and beautiful for kicking oh, the back. Yeah, it's fun. That's great. And how did how did so? I know that as part of your strategy for Big Love, you're really focused on helping to bring together, you know, all of the great work that other people are doing, and sort of, you know, you're shining a light on their work through Big Love, the release. So, how other like are there other are there other organizations you're working with that are going to be like leading the cause as you 
you know, continue to release music? Yes. Um, well, Rick and I uh, started a foundation uh, called Raven Drum Foundation back in the early 2000, 2001. And uh, we branched off and also created projects for veterans to help heal PTSD and in all right. way with complementary therapies, including drumming and mindfulness practice and uh, equine therapy and a, and a list of very effective therapies to help with trauma. Um, so that's the, the, the main foundation that we'll be using to partner with other nonprofits. 501c3s that are around the country so that we can promote a big love message through the song mm-hmm. and benefit concerts around the country for 2021 and we're doing our first one at the end of this year in uh, the end of november to raise money oh that's that's great that's great and so um when you have that please send it to us and we'll make sure to post it and tag us and we'll reshare so everybody knows that's really great it's such a smart way to add the meaning to the music you know, your music has so much, I mean, you have so much going on in, in everything you do with all the work that you do as an advocate for all of these amazing organizations. And obviously with the Raven Drum Foundation, which is just so powerful, but it's really great to see you be able to, you know, interweave that or intertwine that into your work, your music, because you've been putting out music for how long now? Gosh, a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, probably 90 or in the 90s. Yeah. Has it always been like this for you? Have you always been about making the music uh, to have legs beyond the music? Um, you know, my music has always been about um, healing suffering. It seems to be, you know, whether it's a joyous song or an introspective song, it's always been about the journey, trying to lead people into a place where they can experience themselves and others. But I never really had the opportunity. I think it's taken me my whole life and really experiencing my life in a way and and seeing myself and with all my hats, you know, going and figuring out how can I bring this all together? And now here I am and everything's kind of, you know, the stars are aligned and the planets are coalescing for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It is really inspiring to see the, like I said, this, this the music have some meaning. And I know, um, well, so when we met, um, you were sort of working on this stuff. So how long have you been actually writing for Big Love? Well, the EP is a five song EP and I, um, the bigger picture is a full album. And I've been working on that. You know, some of the songs are I've had, you know, in my archives waiting just in demo form since, you know, 1998, I had oh, wow. okay. the song oh. Joshua on uh, 1998, the song Blue. They're all been, you know, songs. Oh, there. And I remember when I first went, and I would love to tell the story about meeting Jim because it wasn't, it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have met my, you know, lifetime long friendship producer. Oh, Jim yeah. And, uh, um, He's amazing. Yeah, so this been you know this first of the album is a collection of songs that I've written over the past you know I don't know how many years uh, 10, 15 years, twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. Some new songs that I wrote while we were recording that I was so inspired that I you know while I'm in the studio I wrote a song and Jim heard it and he's like let's record that and it made you know yeah. it made it on the album. So it's great. Amazing. It's been very spontaneous as well as kind of strategized throughout my life. Yeah. It's an well, okay, so before we get there, let's take a step back. So where are you from originally? You're from uh, Queens, right? Is it New York, Queens area? I'm an Italian Queens girl. I grew yeah. Queens. That's where my foundation was, you know, set. Um, Catholic Italian family, very traditional, 
Although my parents were really outside the box in many ways, they were kind of, you know, very conventional, but at the same time, they were kind of hippies and they explored meditation and different kinds of food and gatherings with other, with artists that come over and would sing songs about God. And they were very much involved in Catholicism, but in a, in a 70s kind of way. And I was exposed mm. to all that and it really made an impact on me. That's wonderful. That's yeah. great. It's very progressive yeah. in the New York, Queens area. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so how did it take us through, like, at what point did you get to Colorado and when did music become your focus? Well, um, I started uh, very young. I got gifted a guitar when I was five and started writing songs. Um, and, and that was my way. It was just very natural. You know, I, I, I expressed myself. So I you know, started that process early on. You know, fast forward, I went to a lot of college. I love school. So I got my bachelor's degree and my graduate degree and, and studied dance and psychology and choreography and kind of combine my own interests into a way of communicating healing through the arts. During that time, um, when I was around 12, I really got shut down with my singing. I felt, you know, at that age, everybody, you get self-conscious and a lot of things shut down for me then. And it wasn't until I was in my um, early 20s that I had an experience that uh, woke up my voice and I, and I felt the power of that and how it was a healing force. And I started, um, I started writing more music and, and, and creating bands in San Francisco. And, and then when I went to Colorado, uh, I went there, I left San Francisco and went to Colorado to continue my education in massage therapy. I went to okay. there and then started, I had several bands while I was there too. And toured around Colorado, Wyoming, all the kind of Western states and played great you know, bars and clubs and fun. I missed the Sacra- uh, the San Francisco thing because I went right to the Colorado. I didn't realize that you had been in Sa- San Francisco before because I know you're in the, like, Big Sur area, you said now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you're from the area first and uh, oh. then I went to Colorado from there. I, I bounced around the country quite a bit. Um, That's great. Good for you. Yeah. And so San Francisco was great. I mean, I love living there. And I also uh, experienced you know, doing a lot of street performing there and songwriting with a trio that I had there. And I uh, played a lot in the, in, the, in the park and on the street and in the hate. And How fun. And shows and uh, then we did a cross-country trip where we bust the whole way across the country and, and uh, just had our guitar cases out and, and played oh, so on the street and, you know. I, I was a vagabond for, for quite a few years before I said Those are the days. Yeah. Can you imagine now? Times they are changed. That's great. I'm glad you were able to do that. So at what point did you, so I know, I, I think I remember the love story you have with Rick starting in Colorado. Am I crazy? No, I did meet him in Colorado through a mutual friend. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Healer, um, uh, he needs some work and never really uh, received the kind of work that I do. And I had a friend that was friends with him who's also in the healing arts. And he said, you know, I, he, you know, I really think Rick could use you right now. And, um, so we met in a professional way uh, uh, as myself being a therapist and he was a client. And we developed such a, a strong friendship around that. And I was, I served as a teacher for him for many months uh, as we developed our friendship. And, and then we ended Amazing. up, I ended up saying, you know, you really can't be my client anymore. Like, this, this is going to work out. You know? <laughs> so you're like, this is not good. You need, to, there's other good that can come of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, like Josie. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, okay. And I, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys have the most, uh, one of the most amazing relationships I've ever seen. I, I'm just, the, you know, I love love when it works really well. And I feel like this is one of those times when you, you and actually Shelly Piken and Ruby and her husband, it's just amazing to see the creativity that goes between all of you and what it's about. It's really, that's inspiring. So, um, so I hats off to you because I know how difficult it can be, <laughs> it can be hard, uh, especially with him being on the road a lot. Um, but I know your music. So over the years, you've been called like the Shania meets Sheryl Crow kind of sound. Would you say that that's still accurate today or you, has, has your sound evolved from there? No, it's really hard for me to pinpoint what kind of sound I have because I'm just doing me. And, uh, you know, it's crazy here, you know, people pick out different voices. I've been, you know, I've been called things from like Cher to, you know, um, um, Joni Mitchell. I don't hear myself, you know, there is, but I think, you know, people filter um, on an energy level what resonates with their heart. And I'm a heart based singer. Um, So hear me. I always just take it as a compliment who they think I sound like. Because they're yeah, hearing that part, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's great. I mean, I think this, it's, I mean, I, when you listen to this EP, which you should listen to this EP, it's so beautiful. It's it's inspiring. There's a lot to it. It's only five songs and it's just, just so much to it. And each one kind of has like a little uh, vignette, I suppose, in my brain. I hear different things yeah. and I can hear stories. Um, but yeah, you should listen to this. But when you, when you hear it, it's, it's very, it just seems like you. <laughs> it's just so you and your stories, uh, which I love. It's great. And so, okay, from, so now we can, let's talk a little bit about how we did this. So you sent me the demos and I, and well, let's talk about how you met me. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do yeah, you because tell the story. This is your time. Stay in LA when I was uh, I played, and uh, one of your artists, uh, Hamish Anderson, played the same show, and we were yep. and we met, and you saw my set. Yeah, so great, and then so came, beautiful. And, and, like, I, and I was like, her. I think you I might. I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, what do you do? What are you planning on doing? And like all the, and then we were like talking, you were like, well, I'm looking for a producer. And I'm done. I was like, Hmm, I think we got the guy for you. Yep. Just got to send him some stuff. And then it was, yeah, Jim Scott. So we have a very tight relationship with Jim because of Hamish. Thankfully he's been very instrumental in getting that sound dialed in uh, for four years. So we brought the demos over and he was like, Hmm, I like this. And then we had our meeting with him, which was so much fun where you guys drove down and we had a, a little dinner. That was yeah. fun. That was really yeah. cute. Um, and then I think the rest is history. You guys have just been in the studio. I think you took him over. It's been great. Well, I think I, you know, I'm a chronic artist in, in, in his world. I, you know, there's so much we have to do. There's still so much that are, that is, that we're looking forward to creating together and exploring. Um, I like to evolve in production and with someone like Jim, who's very innovative and he's really open to trying new things, you know, um, and so am I. And, you know, when you meet someone who sees you clearly and, uh, and, and, and loves you as a person and an artist, it's, it's easy to just be open and just go yeah. and, and, and walk on the edge with things that you may not, you know, trust to do with another person. So it's yeah. Or in yourself. Hmm? Or even in yourself, like things that you didn't even know you could do. Like, I feel like he's really great about, like, he's like a whisperer. He's like, try it that way. Try it this way. Try it this yeah. way. Yeah. And, and one more thing yeah. he highlighted for me, because I've been a drummer for, because uh, I was a dancer for a long time. And uh, 
that was my passion for many years. And uh, while I was dancing with the National Brazilian Dance Company, one of the things we had to do was learn how to play the percussion. Um, while you know, uh, and we we played with yeah. like ten master drummers while we danced, and I learned how to play on a conga. Um, and then I trans uh, transitioned to djembe and started playing with my husband Rick and all these events that we do, these drumming events. So I've been a drummer for years and years, but I'm a, I'm a closet drummer. I'm a ceremonial drummer for healing, um, but I've never really performed drumming. But in the studio, Jim was always like, "You can do that. Here, you do that. You do. You play this bongo part. You you play the djembe part. Play that. Play that." And I was like, "Okay, you know, very. I've never done that." And he just really set this. This uh, foundation for me to go. Yeah, I am a drummer. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to the table. And now, you know, fast forward, I'm playing these songs live, and I'm I have a I have now I'm playing tom tom toms, and I'm playing djembe and percussion, and it's become really embraced that part of me. And that's because of Jim and his you know encouragement. So thank you. Mm. <laughs> that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's the thing. It's like you, you never, you don't know what you're capable of until sometimes until someone from the outside just sees you and is like, try this, just try it, you know? And like, it takes the barriers away. It's really mm-hmm. good. I'm glad you found each other. I know he's been, he's been, um, uh, he's just been like, he tells me how things are going from time to time. Obviously he's just been so loving like the, you know, when you do a lot of the the sort of therapy world, they say like loving kindness. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's just, it's like embodied between the two of you now, this hopefully with, I'm in there too, you know, it's like, I think he gives it to Hamish as well, but it's very much like, let's, you know, nurture this. This is a, a, a beautiful thing. It's been really great to see. And from what I remember, you have a crazy cast of characters on this EP. Um, I know you got some guys from the Heartbreakers. Is it Ben Montention, Steve Ferroni on drums, Ben on the keys, right? Yeah, Ben. Uh, Steve was in the whole, uh, pretty much the whole record, the majority of the record. Rick did mm-hmm. some, uh, some uh, drums and percussion. You have Kenny mm-hmm. Emhoff, um on it, mm-hmm. whose character I loved, loved playing with him. And Ben mm-hmm. um, Montench came for a few songs uh, mm-hmm. that record and it was great amazing in the presence of these legendary people um yeah watch tell yeah. uh, if, if anybody knows you know yeah. they're uh, legendary guitar players Waddy's just incredible <laughs> the, he's a wonderful personality he came storming in on a day and just kind of shredded all over it and uh, i was just <laughs> you know, stand back in awe of these people and uh i'm very grateful because it was you know um Waddy i met at the um uh the Hall of Fame induction when Def Leppard was adopted mm. oh, yeah. and why was Stevie Nicks and it was an after party so we all went and I, I recognized Wadi and I, I recognized I thought I went to I, I, I grew up in Queens and I thought he was like did I go to school with you did I what I know you so I thought you know, <laughs> yeah, and it turns out he's friends with all the Steve Roney and Ben and Montana oh. So he was like, let me, well, all my friends are on the record. I need to be on it too. I must be on too. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's funny. That's said, really great. Good I know Jim. Have him call me. Like, okay. <laughs> call yeah, me. There he was like two weeks later. He was in the and so I felt that's very, great. Uh, uh, very blessed and you know, had these experiences. Yeah. And so since, since you released it, you, I know you, you released a video too for Big Love. Uh, for the actual title track. Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about that because I was that done in COVID during the COVID times? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, just to, to unpack it a little bit, the, in 2016, I wrote the song 
It was during the uh, presidential campaign at the time, and it was very divisive. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of hostility as it continues now. And so like today. Yeah. yeah, today. But that was the beginning of it. And uh, the opioid crisis was really in the forefront. Um, and uh, so were the wildfires in Australia. And um, it was it was very, uh, I had a very emotional response. And so the song Big Love, when it came through, all these images of unrest and uh, addiction and, you know, separateness um, came to my mind uh, with the polar opposite of love going, this is what we need right now to heal all of this. And so the song was born very quickly with a, a friend and songwriter, a friend of mine that we wrote together. His name is Mark. And we wrote it very quickly. The lyrics were there. The imagery was there. And so when it came time to create the video, I remember um, Rick did some narratives on this amazing film called Unity. And if you haven't seen it, it's incredible. And um, I think you have to buy it to see it right now. It's not on Netflix yet, but um, Sean Munson is an activist for animal rights and he created the movie Earthlings as well as Unity. And his, even if you watch the trailer for Unity movie, it hits you right in the heart. So when I wrote the song, I knew I wanted the video to be very similar with those, uh, those images that create such impact. So I reached out to him. I was really afraid, you know, to reach out to someone like him, but you know, uh, I got the strength one day and just closed my eyes and then pressed send and go, oh my God, I hope he answers. And he did. And we created this wonderful film, uh, this video together. Um, and we, we, it was supposed to be a message video, you know, just talking about love and the lack of love and the unrest and the healing that needs to happen. And I sent it to my team. We finished it and they said, you need to be in it, you know. So oh, I, wow. Okay. So last minute, um, you know, I we jumped in the car and I went to Jim's studio and we shot me playing and singing and just kind of bringing energy to the piece. I and think we're gonna play. We're gonna. We should be playing the video um, if we can. Sure. Love to put it up and just have it playing a little bit so we can see what you were sh- talking about. Um, yeah, so here's the big love video. Oh, yeah, look at that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know where that is. One of the B roll uh, at Jim's uh, studio, and we gathered footage of the world. Um, and it was before, this is such an interesting kind of serendipitous thing that it was before all the, the riots started happening in LA and around the world and before the Black Lives Matter movement began to really come full force because of the things going on in the world um, in May. Uh, So we already had this footage in place before all that started happening and we're watching the video going and watching the news going, we have to release this right now because it's before our eyes. Yeah, exactly. So the song and the project was very prophetic in that way. Um, And uh, the images here we added, you know, the images of, of mask wearing because that was what's happening and we're still in this place and then this this video and the song really represents our age it's 2020 and what we need to heal yeah no that's great uh, and this is so beautiful look at that uh, so well done Thank you. i love and it's just i mean there's such a powerful message to this so and i've been watching all of your um the press that you've gotten it's just been so phenomenal and I mean, obviously, I know a lot of this, you know, people are, you know, want to talk with Rick about and the Raven Drum Foundation and the art and the activism and all of that. But I feel like this is such an important message that Big Love actually goes everywhere from all of that. So it's really very well 
connected like to, together, you know, with like, like I said, this meaning behind all of it. It feels like the, it feels like the press is getting it. Yeah. I think people are starting to see the, the other side of the crisis that we're in and that we have to look at, you know, where we are as human beings and how we yeah. look inside ourselves to raise each other up at this time, because no one's going to do that for us. And I think artists, and activists and healers are all a, a very important part of uh, the evolution of our humanity, right? And the press is yeah. to look at that. It's just, you know, unfortunately, our cu- culture is very much fascinated with the gloom and doom and the trauma. Totally. And it's hard to look away from that. But there's so much pain right now that we have to really raise our voices and show how we're coming together to, to heal. Yeah, don't I feel like that's it's so spot on. I feel like um, maybe the last five or four or five months, I feel like more than ever, people are looking for the positive. You know, there's I've seen Instagram pages come up where it's just just to in in order to almost like negate all the negative, you know, that's coming out. It's like a balancing act. Like you have to look at one thing positive when you look at something so bizarrely confusing that your whole world could be, you know, taken over by. Um, so it's really nice to see, you know, uh, the message actually be brought into like the CNN cycle. Like I saw that and I was like, that makes me so happy because it's not just about, you know, that you made a new album. It's about the content of the album and then what it means and how it reflects on, you know, the world around you. Yeah. And it starts a conversation. It starts a conversation around, you know, how, how much better we can do. And there's such good things happening in the world too. So uh, I want this to be, you know, a, um, an activating force to bring all of these good charities, all these good businesses, these uh, people who care, voices together to be able to spread the message of, of love and however we can do that. Yeah. So how do people, how can people help? Well, um, we have a big love group on Facebook that we're starting to organize people around the country to, um, to help advocate the message and start accumulating uh, point people that are going to help us find venues and find not-for-profits that are in alignment with the message so that we can create big love benefit concerts uh, to support communities around the country. Um, so that's one way you can help. Another way is just passing along the song and the music and doing what everybody else does in social media, sharing and liking and mm-hmm. um, commenting so that we know you're there and that we can include you. Um, in, in, in our evolution of creating a, a movement around music. Nice. And what does it mean to do a Big Love concert? What does it mean to do a Big Love concert? Well, it means uh, engaging with an audience who um, wants to receive healing and also to create a, a, a venue and a place where we can raise money for charities and give people an experience uh, to connect with other like-minded people. And do you actually do healings at all of these concerts? Will you do healing at all these concerts or will there be like people who do it and you train them? Well, the healing comes out of the music and the storytelling and through the ways that I disseminate energy on um, in, in, in ceremony. Yeah. So, it's, so it has to be you. So yeah. So it has to be you. Well, it's, it, I don't think I, I mean, I have taught people how to do certain things, but in this arena, yeah, it's me. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's great. I love that. So, okay. So what was the, I mean, you've been, 
I mean, I know you've been releasing music for a long time, but like, what do you, what's been like the biggest surprise or what's been the biggest learning, I guess, for you so far as you've in this release cycle? Uh, I think the biggest learning for me in my life is also reflected in this journey. And it's, it's continually um, stepping back and getting out of the way so that the universe can work through me and understanding that there's a timing and all of that. And I have to do the work, which I do. I'm very, I'm very uh, hard worker yeah. and I'm committed to doing that. But also there's a time I also have to shut down and go, I did what I did. And I'm done with my work, and now I have to surrender it and let let it move and take its course, and and trust that. And I've been really good in this process. Um, it's great to be able to, to go. This is the work, and I have I have this I have this faith that it will evolve into something meaningful. However it however it works out, that my heart will be fed and I'll be connected to really beautiful people and have healing. That's what it's about. I love that. That's great. I mean, it is. It's a really hard thing to do. Uh, like to be a conduit or a vessel for something greater, you know, and to know that, I commend you. It's beautiful. Well, you do it for other people so easily. It's harder to do it for yourself yeah. when you want a goal and you're like, come on, let's come on already. I know. Well, that's, that's also the New Yorker in you too. I have that same problem. It's not easy, you know, when you're somewhat type A. Yes. <laughs> Let it go. I, it. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So let's talk about, uh, oh, we're, uh, we're almost out of time. Oh my gosh, we are. Okay. Um, so we, we got through a lot so far. I think there's just a couple things. Uh, so I know you have your podcast coming up on the 17th that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, it's a modern drama podcast, which is uh, with Rick, Rick Allen, and myself. Uh, we're going to be interviewed by modern drummers and ask some questions about the record and about uh, you know drumming and some of the drummers that I work with on the on the project. And um, I was uh, you know really just honored to be even included in a magazine and you know platform of, of drumming. So uh, um, it's, it'll be exciting for me, Billy Almodovar. He's a wonderful uh, percussionist person and uh, interviewer. And so that'll be fun uh, for people to watch. Go to moderndrummer.com and the podcast will be available. See okay. So that's up on the 17th on yeah. this, this Thursday. And then you also are releasing Big Love as a dance track, which is based on this show last night that you did with the New York Fashion Week, right? Exactly. Yeah. We, uh, we created a dance mix with DJ Robbie Drums and that was, uh, it was used in the fashion show. Some of the models walked to it um, and we're releasing right. it. You know, on all digital platforms, uh, October second. It's really fun. It's great, fantastic. And so, when we first met, the demos that I heard, there were many of them. I heard other songs, all sorts of things, but you only released five. So I presume you there's know that there's more. an album coming. There's yeah, more. when we'll be releasing a, a full album. I think I'm not sure what the final cut was. Eleven songs, I think, maybe twelve. And um, and then we have a whole other album that's waiting to be released the following year into 2021. So there's a lot of content, a lot of music. There's a lot of messaging to do, and um, I'm really grateful just to share it all with everybody. That's amazing. That's amazing. So do we have a date for the album then? November 20th. <gasps> November 20th. Oh, look, we got it out. <laughs> okay, so that means that everybody. So when will you have your pre-save going up? I'm not sure yet, but some probably within a couple of weeks prior. Um, okay. so, great. So in the meantime, anybody who's watching, thank you for watching. But also go and li listen to her music, Laura Monroe. She's on all of the platforms. And then if you get a chance to follow her 
or go to our website and sign up for newsletters and things like that so you can get notified when things go live. She's incredible live. I know you do a lot of live performances, so hopefully uh, we, you know, let us know when you do something too, so we can share it with everybody. Uh, but we're really like, absolutely love what you're up to. It's just so inspiring to watch. And the timing is impeccable. Like just, it's like teed up. The whole world is like ready for this message. So I was really yeah, happy so for you. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Oh my God. It's amazing. Okay. Before we go, we have one last question. Well, two actually, okay. if someone had to like, you know, navigate your catalog, what's the like one song they should be listening to, you know, to make sure uh, that like, they don't I, miss it uh, <laughs> on any of your, your catalog, just your whole catalog. Uh, I think big love is a, is a, is it really encompasses uh, a lot of the energy that I, I want to message. So that would be the result right now. Okay. That makes sense. That aligns. Um, and then the last question we ask everybody, um, if you know, uh, is there like a song that you're like, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> I wish I wrote the song. Alleluia that uh, Leonard Cohen. Oh, good choice. It's an excellent choice. Everybody's got some gem. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, excellent, excellent. That. I heard do you ever do that one live? Why didn't I write that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you done it live? No, I've never done it. I've never done it live. There's a couple of covers that I'm uh, working on right now I want to record. That would be cool. I, I, I don't know if I could do it as good as Jeff Buckley, man. I keep... No, but you just have to do it you. You have to do yeah. it through your lens. That is true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, Jeff is, you know, he did it his way and, you know, Leonard did it. It's about you, but I would love to hear that version. Um, if you just do it for a demo, send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> that song makes me cry so much. Ugh, it just makes yeah. me cry. Yeah. Mine too, Sarah. I love that song. I think I saw Leonard uh, Cohen do it at Coachella and I was like, this is so powerful and crazy to think you see him, you know, at Coachella, you know, can't wait for those things to come back again. Anyway. Okay. So we're over our allotted time, but thank you all for staying with us and don't forget to please, please, please go and hang out with Lauren, hang out with her music, watch her videos, check her out. I mean, everything that she does is just so powerful. And I, I honestly would, you know, I'd like to be in your presence more to be able to feel a sense of healing because I think that's uh, you and, and Ruby do a really great job with those things. It's, we should get you guys connected at some point. That. that would be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Is there anything that we missed talking about that you want to make sure we tell everybody? I don't think so. Just come, come visit me on social media. I'd love to meet you, everybody. Thank Absolutely. Yay. All right. Good. Well, thank you again to Laura Monroe for coming. There's her handle. Please give her some love. Show whatever you can. And then we'll be putting this up on YouTube real soon. So hopefully we'll get some new, uh, new faces coming in. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And please tell Rick we said hello. I will. My pleasure. Okay. We'll talk soon. Thank you. And Bye. next week we'll see you all. Have fun. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Uncut Jewels. If you like what you heard, smash that like button and subscribe for more episodes. And tell a friend. We firmly believe the world works better that way. This podcast wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for the help of the Uncut Jewels team. Johanna Schock, Jana Fisher, Coco Hong, Sarah Reynolds, Jess Kane, and Viviana Mendoza. Guys, we did this. The Uncut Jewels theme song that you're listening to right now was created by our very own guitar hero, Hamish Anderson. And we appreciate everyone who's helped bring us from where we were to where we're going. To paraphrase David Bowie, we promise it won't be boring. 